Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Get Clean Podcast. I'm your host, Khalil Sharad, and this is episode 48. In this episode, I'll be ranting a little bit, and I also will be answering some of the questions that people had from Instagram. Um, so let's start with the rant, first of all. So I had, I had recently, not going to name names, a player leave, not because of me, but because of a parent's decision. Right, and this decision was made because a sport coach, after they went to a camp, told them that they should be doing Olympic lifting. The parent asked me, "Can would you be willing to do Olympic lifts in the program?" And I said no. And I explained to them, of course, you know, you produce less force when you do Olympic lifts. They're much more dangerous. Your kid isn't very strong in the first place to be walking out weight, deadlift, and invention efficiently to even think about doing Olympic lifts. Second, if you're dealing with certain nagging injuries already, doing Olympic lifting will not help that. And I get hit with the, well, the person has a uh, uh, a sports science degree and I played D1, uh, whatever the sport was in college, so I know. Despite me previously saying in a previous message, two minutes before that, oh, I know that you've progressed, Jacob, a lot. And I said simply, you know, another thing is that your son keeps, every time he goes away to do a camp or do this or do that, guess what? The pains and the injuries that he had come right back. And every time he comes back, his numbers are also down. So every time I try to build him back up, you bring him back down, right? Shows how good I am and shows him whatever he's doing ain't doing his sport good either and his body so you know he's kind of like oh now i'm going to start doing living with i said all right if you're so insistent i'm sorry i can't help you know like i even told her and sent her uh jared's website you know of explosive mechanics saying hey this guy every year has got top guys in the combine for the vertical for jumping i said in the in your son's sport he has several people that played the professional version of it guess how much they do olympic lifts zero and she's like, no. So I don't know if it's a combination of not being a weed out BS from someone because she's easily influenced or it's the fact that she played a sport at a high level. So now she knows, even though she's paying me and paying, I guess, this other individual for their knowledge. And you cook to forget the results that your son gets when he's with me and then how bad he is when he's not. So it's just so insane. And, and it's like I'm talking to my girlfriend about it. It's like, Man, that shit pisses me off. If I have a general pop person or even an older athlete, I've had two or three older athletes where they were like, uh, I don't want to do this because we're not doing this or that. Usually just because I'm not doing whatever they want to do or they're lazy or they have an attitude. And, you know, it's funny. All those guys never go anywhere. They're always my least successful people and they're unsuccessful when they leave me because it's, it's their attitude that gets in the way. But when I have somebody like that or a general pop person, I could give two craps when you leave. But when it's the parent that is getting in the way of the child getting the scholarship. That shit pisses me off. And I haven't had that had before. The only only time I've had somebody drop off is because of money. If it's not money, I haven't had somebody drop off because of what I actually do. And this wasn't because of what I do, not because of the results I was getting the kid, because of what I wasn't willing to do. I'm sorry, I will not use ladders in training, and I will not use Olympic lift. There's other stuff where we're going to give wiggle room, but for that crap, no. No. (laughs) 
and so it pisses me off so much because it's like this kid had a, a I could see could be naturally freaky, but we had to undo stuff and was never given the time to let us undo and then build. And it's like I feel like um, because he wasn't gonna play high school ball this year, he was gonna come to me four to five times a week. He was saying before he left to do camps, right? And it's like, okay, so we probably could have got you to a D1 level. And now instead, I'm pretty sure either the kid's going to quit because he's too beat up all the damn time. Or he's just going to end up doing like a D3. And I'm like, this kid had the potential, the time, and the money to be way bigger. And now your goddamn parent just stopped all that. That shit irritates the the hell out of me. (laughs) <laughs> and I, this 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 has been like a week, and I'm still just mad about it. Um, I wish I would have done it the day after because it was like fresh in my brain. But uh, yeah, you know, you athletes, coaches, parents, you guys gotta understand. Like, just because a sport coach says something, it's not his job. I won't tell anybody how to teach, but except for basketball, I'm not adjusting skill work for anybody. Like, you go to a specialist for that. I don't care if you got a sports degree. Just like we have doctors. What do you do? You get a second opinion, right? Because not every doctor is on the same level. Not everybody is going to be the top surgeon. Even a surgeon at your hospital, sometimes you got to go to somebody else. So when you're going to a strength coach and you're getting results and one little dude out of nowhere because he lifted uh, some bicep curls back in the day says, oh, he should be doing Olympic lifts. Um, why don't you trust the person that's been getting your kid results? And, every, and notice, if your kid leaves him, your kid does bad. That means you need to go back to that person. Like, let's say a coach is doing Olympic lifts and their jumps go from 20 to 40, then good for them. Just more often than not, the best coaches I know don't do them. So I'm one of those people that won't further to be like, oh, I'm going to try to gain all this knowledge about Olympic lifts because guess what? I know more often than not, the kids are just getting hurt doing these lifts or not progressing. It's much safer and it's much more effective. They're going to get stronger if I squat bench and deadlift them. And because none of your sports actually get tested, with a straight bar and in the weight in for uh, a lifting stage, why the hell would I do the hardest thing with the least amount of benefit? Why? Oh, because it has Olympic in front of it. And it's crazy how like she's going back and forth with me. I give her evidence and then it's clear that she doesn't even try to view the evidence I give her. She just doesn't want to hear that I won't do them. So, you know, it's one that bites the dust and I know I'm supposed to get over it, but it pisses me fucking off because it's like, Louie, it's like, hey, I just, that was just a world record that just walked out my gym. That was a kid that was going to get a scholarship. And it's not so much about the credit. I can I can see the pain of the kid going at a lower level when he probably thinks back on it. I wonder if I could have gone higher. And that's all because you have a helicopter parent that doesn't know what the hell she's talking about. So <clears throat> enough of that. This one's going to be pretty short and sweet. I got, what is it, the four questions? Let's see. Let's start. Uh, with my boy Emery underscore red equipment tier list essentials first phase second phase third etc the DM you sent was super helpful well I appreciate it and I'm always willing to help you know it's just it's pretty cool that people even hit me up you know I know one day that I'll have so many followers it's gonna be like hard to like go back and look but for now I know I'm not as busy and I don't have as many people freaking DM me 24 7 that yeah I'm gonna try to respond because I know how it is when you're a thirsty coach for knowledge you know um so shoot phase one just because uh, yeah so i have like a list already prepared what i know like what basically like 
what I'm doing for this is knowing what I use almost all the time. Stuff that like I'm like, oh, I can't imagine training without that. So I'll go rack first, like a full for the cage. Um, it's got to have the band pegs at the bottom with the pin so you can do rack pulls off of and a straight bar, right? After that, I would probably, I would go athletic training platform, the ATP by Westside because we get traction, we get hip work, we get glute work, we get hamstring work, we get quad work, hold a ball over the head, we get upper back work. You got a boxer, they can box while they do it. You got a basketball player, they can dribble while they do it. You got a volleyball player, they can hit while they do it. Everything can be done in that machine while you're getting stronger, more in shape, and that's where we get a little SPP in, right? So, yeah, it takes up a lot of space, but damn, you could do everything. I mean, you can put a lat row, of t you know, like a, a handle, and you can do rows, you can do RDLs. I mean, so the the thought press behind that is kind of limitless. You know, you can do anything with it. Reverse hyper. I, I feel like if you're just starting out, I know a lot of coaches like they have dual pendulum hypers and I know other coaches where they started with a rogue or a Titan and with kids, it gets a damn job done because you don't need as much variation. A lot of times they're not as big. So it's like, you just need a hyper because they just need to do low back work and glute work and ISO ISOs on it and all that type of stuff. So you need that. Um, jump mat. You gotta, have, if you have a jump mat, all you need is a measuring tape and a PVC to do your broads. And, you know, you can do depth jumps onto the mat, off the knees onto the mat, push plyo push-ups on the mat. We use the mat more than any other jump variation, so I would say, yes, you need that. And then I would say the tendo unit. We use the tendo unit uh, on squat days, not on bench days, but on squat days. And it has been a lifesaver because, like Jerry will talk about, instead of yelling faster... The kid can see it. The kid can see their numbers. We know exactly how fast they're moving, if they got better, if we should up the weight, all that. That is so important. Just like the jump, we need to track that speed. Um, dumbbells. We use dumbbells usually every upper body workout and then sometimes on lower body. So it's very, those are vital because especially for the weaker kids, instead of getting a, a smaller bar, because a lot of at least a lot of the kids I have, they'll be able to use a bar. Well, you know, you need dumbbells for some of those kids instead of getting a training bar. And then you can do so much with them, you know. Um, bands. You got to have bands. I mean, the bands could have gone maybe right after the, the rack because you can simulate dumbbells, any lat work, hamstring work, connective tissue work, all with the band. And it's going to be superior. So you could probably say that's actually even higher on the list. Um, I think... Um, after that, you probably want to go into specialty bars, which is the SSB and the football bar, because the football bar is going to save the shoulders. So I think that's the, the most important for upper body wise. And then the safety squat bar, I think is the best for doing front squats with kids and doing back squats, because most of them are going to deal with shoulder, elbow, or wrist pain or mobility restrictions that won't allow them to use a straight bar. So you definitely want to use that, especially because a lot of them need upper back work, so you're getting indirect there. Um, I think after that, I probably will go with inverse curl, because it's the number one way to train the hamstrings. And there are so many ways to use it. And being that the hamstring is the biggest weakness, that's why I think it's so key. Because 
if you do the line leg curl, the standing leg curl, it's only going to work parts of the hamstring. But if you do the inverse curl, it can work the entire as well as the glutes. And then you can test pure hamstring strength on it. You can do single leg, double leg, toes out, toes in, uh, toes, uh, you know, straight, regular, um, slow eccentrics, fast, slow down, fast up, uh, fast down, slow up. Um, and then you can do the reverse way like Jared showed me where you lock it and then they control themselves without the pad, hit the pad at a certain height and they come back on also on their own. You know, and I think the newer one may have band pegs in the back so you can do bands on it. But, you know, either way, it's going to be that number one way. And being that the hamstring are usually the weakest part of the kid, that in the low back, you definitely want that. I, 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 I'd say right behind that is a 45 degree hyperextension because that'll be back glute and hamstring um and we do use that a lot but i need to be to test the hamstring strength and because of all the different things you can and i think it's i was reading super training it's funny because i hurt my popliteus uh when i think i like hyperstatic my leg back in my freshman year in high school playing basketball in practice and it's always hurt since then and it's gotten better since number one i don't play ball anymore but even when i was playing i said just my hamstrings got stronger but the 45 degree hyper and the line leg curl, I was reading in super training, being careful of the foot position and or locking out the bottom of the line hamstring curl because it puts a lot of strain on the popliteus. And I and I looked at it and I said, oh, I think that's what I did when I was doing. We had to do like suicide or something. When I think I hyperextended my leg, and I remember once doing just drills on my own. I did like a spin move one day or something, and I just my leg like locked while I was bent over trying to run and I think I heard it the same way just at a different angle and now that I read it from the book I'm like huh that's probably how I heard it because I'm always like how the hell did I heard it now that makes more sense but um so those then I probably say you want to go lat pull down with a cable row you know like uh it's the one where it's like a double just on one side so you don't actually have a nice seat it's like it just has a foot pad on the ground that'll get the job done because you want a lot of upper back work, I mean, not upper back work, but lat work of, of different types because a lot of times the kids, they unwrap the bench shaky, they don't know how to lower it under control, and that's going to be all lats, and then it's going to be big for your swimmers, for your baseball players, for your volleyball players. Um, hold on just one second, my boss's phone is ringing. Um, I think maybe before the lat pull down and, and actually stuff like that, I forgot to say, you're going to need some type of box. Um, we have the soft ones from Elite Up that flip three different ways. And we also have the Rogue and Elite Up few ones that are the hard ones that are adjustable. The adjustable ones are way better because the kids already have a trouble time walking out weight. And they'll sometimes hit the box, but the hard box won't move. The soft box does. So, and you can get more of an exact height, so I like that better. And that needs to be in combo with either some type of, uh, like, those yoga soft chunky mats. I don't have a damn name for them. Or the Elite FTS soft top that are made to be put on that box. So you get the sink. Because um, we use a lot, we'll use a lot more soft than we do the hard because it's harder to come out of it. So I think that's actually higher on the list. Um, and maybe before the inverse curl, actually, I would have said the sled 
plus the upper body strap because we do I like it just for a mix-up especially upper body wise I don't use it as much as I used to um, especially just because I have older kids so they got to do more explosive stuff because they do so much conditioning already at their school so I don't do too much if I had a kid that was coming maybe five days a week I probably would have one day would just be connect tissue and sled but at least for now I don't use as much but if you're trying to save on money I mean you spend like 60 70 dollars you get a sled with an upper body strap bro you can max out on it and then you can do upper and lower body yeah I mean that that's that can't be replaced um probably last would be like bow bar trap bar just because we use those at least so that's why I think it's on the end um and that pretty much covers it. And then you go like med, med balls and stuff like that. Um, yes, yeah, so I hope that answered your question. That was a, that was a long answer. Um, let me find the other question. Okay, my guy Trey underscore Legraw. Do you start your kids with max effort or do you put them through GPP phase? So when they first come in, they do an assessment for individual body parts. They max on the jump mat in four different styles and they max it abroad. Um, some reason this damn thing cut me off, but I'll pick up what I left off with my boy Trey that asked me the question about do you max your kids from the jump or do you do GPP phase? Now I gotta try to remember what I did. It somehow cut me off. I was talking and then when I go to the app I realized that I missed the last ten minutes. So now I gotta go back through. But so like I said, I do the individual body parts. I do the broad jump. Um, sometimes I do some box jumping, and I do the standing ones on the vert mat. So you can do that on the vert tech if you only have that. But um, because I went away from doing 1RMs, it seems like the kids are always ready for doing threes or fours or five rep maxes. It just may be the variation they may not be to do so, you know, a lot of them won't be able to pull off the floor, but they can do four-inch block pulls. So a lot of times, you know, people, you know, you could be the oldest person who can have perfect form two inches. So we could take it to that extreme. So most of the kids, they just can't usually go parallel or below when they first start out. So we still high bar, I mean, not high bar, high box, box bottom, and then maybe higher block pulls, you know, sumo rack pulls, stuff like that. Um, because, you know, these kids, most of the kids that come to me are older, so, you know, they're, you know, and they're already in high school, so they're trying out for a team, going to a tournament, going to a camp, you know, showcase, so it's like, I'm not going to spend all this time in a GPP phase, but what will happen is the kid won't be seeing results as much, so they'll leave for another bogus, bogus training, you know, so if I had them for more time, or let's say instead of my four-day normal sweat, let's say I had a kid for five days, on that fifth day, yeah, I would do like nothing besides banded connected tissue work and sled but i only got them four days and we only have so much time in the gym so i want to make sure i'm getting stronger faster and jumping higher you know the volume when they first come in may be a little bit lower you know or the movements may be a lot more basic trying to build a general base but they're still going to squat bench and deadlift it just when they come in it depends on the variation that they actually use i've had really young kids come in here they're like 10 8 years old and for them, you know what we did? We did max them out. How? The sprints and the jumps. Everything else was uh, like goblet squatting. They're not telling them to use the winning belt squat because that's what I'll do for a lot of kids that um, first come in. Sometimes I'll have a winning belt squat to get used to the form and everything. But they were pulling sleds, pushing a prowler, 
jumping. These young kids are 10 and 8, um, doing a lot of dumbbell work. Just a lot of times learning the etiquette of the gym, you know, not walking beside somebody while they're squatting and stuff like that. Um, you know, planking, uh, some type of oblique work, like a lot of uh, cross-body abs, stuff like that. You know, very basic um, can get the job done with young kids. So that's when you want to build that base. When they come to me that old, especially because they're already doing so much conditioning at school, I'm not going to do more conditioning. Like, being that the biggest deficit is that they're weak, can't jump, they can't run fast, I'm going to focus on that because that's what's going to get them the spot. That's what's going to get them off the bench. That's what's going to get them a scholarship, you know. And I haven't hurt anybody since, and I haven't had anybody have major injuries under my watch. So it obviously works, and I'm not going to change it, (laughs) at least for now. I may have a better, more efficient way how to get sleds in there more and stuff like that. But at least for now, it's working, you know. Um, let's see. I still got one more. Oh, my guy, Waffle Iron Gym. MR19 and Static Dynamic review. Are they as cool and hyped up as they are in your head? Well, sir, you are correct in the hype realm. It is, both of those are extremely great and worth their price so i think the static dynamic is like thirteen thousand or something like that mr19 i'm not sure it's probably around that five range three no it's like probably like three i think it's like three thousand three thirty five hundred so something like that um but you doing the static dynamic after i took the bird shirt learned so much about isos and i was doing them but the thing what happened was as i started getting bigger groups at least my population of kids they can't remember how to set up the ISOs that well and be when we're in big groups trying to move them through to get to all the sprints and jumps that we got to do anyway. It's like, it's such a pain, but the static dynamic, you unrack it like a jump machine and then you walk to the position that you want or unrack it to the bench position you want, front squat, back squat, doesn't matter. Get down and then the person that's running it on the side literally hits the button 10 times as you go up like they hold it you press as hard as you can they release it they can hit it again two inches more up and you keep doing that like bro you can literally work on any angle or position in the in the movement that the person sucks at and quickly isolate so you can bang out any kid of different heights super fast change the heights every on each rep you can change the height not even just set so it's like you can't beat that. And we already know isometry make you really strong, but they're annoying to try to set up. That is flawless. Um, the MR19, what was cool about that, that you can change the height of the angle of like where you're going forward and back. So you can make it just like parallel to your feet. You can go down. Uh, the farther down you go, the harder it is. And then you can load bands or plates on it, small plates. So when you push out obvious gluten hamstring, but when you pull in, it's like, or and, and all the way, all the way out, it's like you're stretching out your psoas. When you have to pull yourself back in, it's a lot of like quad and hip. So it's like working your whole leg. And then while I was doing it in my head, I was like, man, this is like a sprinter or or a, a swimmer coming off the blocks. Like literally the exact movement. And it doesn't take much weight for it to suck. And then like like the Olympic victory that was there when we were there, we had did it earlier. And then he, Louis was watching then the Olympic lifter do it. And so the top pad that locks in your foot, just like a, you know, just like an inverse curl or whatever, to squeeze your foot down. He was like, "Don't use that." And the dude was like, "What do you mean? That's what I always do." And he was like, "Don't use that." When I had the guy that did the pad, he wasn't supposed to put it down. He, I mean, have a top pad because it makes it too easy. So he had him 
do that, and the dude had to raise it up almost all the way to parallel because there's nothing to hold your feet down. So you got to, like, flex your tibia and your calf and your foot way harder than it would be. And it was like he was going to it all the way down, then he had to put it all the way back. That's how much harder it made it. Um, so it's, it's a really cool device. It's big, but it definitely is, like, really cool, and they're both really worth the money. You know, what I also loved was the um, hip quad. So basically, it's the reverse of the inverse curl because my quads are my weakest point. So the opposite of most people. So it's like when I do the inverse curl, let's say for sets of six, I only need, I think, a 45 and I'm 240, 244. But with the hip quad, I had three plates and a 25. For sets of six, I think. That's how much weaker my quad is. So it's like, yeah. And for raw squatting, it's important to have quads. So it's like, man, I was like, man, I wish we had that basically just for me. <laughs> um, and then they also had the hip ab developer. That was really cool because, like, you can do, let's say, so I can, I can do toe touches to the bar for, like, sets of 12 to 15, right? Bro, sets of 8 to 10 on that were so hard. And I can only get it up to like parallel and sometimes lower than that that's how much that's how hard it was like it was that difficult and then you can attach bands from the back on it right so it'll be like feel like it's shooting you back down of course if you use bands you know that so like that one was really tough too and then i, I went on the famous uh standing chest press machine that they have i love that one i think that that was made by dynabody that shit was nice it had a little kickstand to stand up the back and then you just kick it up with your back foot and then it unlocks it and then you just re-rack by kicking it back up so that was pretty cool and then also you got to use a freak bar and with no weight that shit was challenging like you we were doing three sets of three reps where you go in and out at the bottom man that chest pump it's like almost second to none like i wish it was easier to buy that bar and find that bar um so you know as always you guys can, uh, you know, if you're a coach, you know a coach, just send me a DM or leave something in the comments. That's K-A-L-I-L underscore S-H-E-R-R-O-D on Instagram. If you have any questions about training, if you're interested in training, send me a DM. That's the best way to reach me. Um, I'm going to figure out how to get, it's probably going to have to be a website, so then I can put the link to pay for the seminar that's on the 11th and 12th, Saturday, Sunday of December this year. Um for that and as well when i put my book out so people can pay for the book and then you know people that don't get to watch it live through zoom will be able to later download that seminar because i'm not going to release it to youtube this year um and then as always like subscribe leave a review share it with your friends and uh yeah that's it now as always stay clean peace